Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Soul Garden Health podcast. I'm so excited to introduce my guest today, Bronwyn Parsons. Bronwyn is from Santa Cruz, and she is co-owner of the Willow and Wolf Hair Care. Bronwyn, thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with us. And can you tell us a little bit more about your experience as a stylist and a little bit more about how you opened your studio, Willow and Wolf? Yeah, first off, thank you so much for having me. It's been a long time since we've got to catch up, so this is super nice. I opened my salon a little over two years ago, and I have been in the industry for almost 10 years now. So when I opened my salon, it was just kind of, I was in a place where I had this idea of what a supportive and creative and um, luxury salon should be like and I just wasn't in it where I was and it's kind of like if you can't find it build it and so I did um, with my business partner and it just so happened that we had very similar business ideas for what we wanted a salon to be like and it's really funny like even I mean down to like the aesthetic like we separately created these kind of like palettes and then sent them to each other and they were basically exactly the same and even you know our mission statement and creating something that was more eco-conscious and community-minded and you know supported stylists who wanted to have more of like a low tox business um it's really hard in the beauty and hair specifically to have like a completely non-toxic business but you can get very low tox clean air type business and so we kind of just got together and made it happen and from basically like the the little inkling of a dream to the day that we opened was just about 10 months. Yep. So it was really fast. Which is so great. And so you run this great salon, like you said, is low tox, it's more holistic. It looks mm-hmm. at beauty, not just from a perspective of modern day, quick and easy solutions that often can be very toxic, especially in the beauty industry, but Mm -hmm. coming from a more holistic point of view, is that something you always thought about when in hair care or how did you start your career and how did it evolve into this place where now you're running one of the most holistic and like low tox salons in the area? So I started not like how we are at all. Again, like I said, we were in a very toxic environment before, not anything like I thought a salon should be at the time. And it really is like you, you know what is around you, right? So I went to beauty school originally. And so of course we use products and it's just like toxic to the max I mean I don't know if I can say that because it's like an actual like product line but it's just it's so bad it has all the bad things in there but it's also the industry standard it will yeah and that's you know a lot of it followed especially at the time of you know the explosion I think of hair care and home hair care products and you think of the crazy commercials of your hair is going to look just like the supermodel that was the norm is that people didn't know what was in it they just knew it made their hair full or curly or whatever Totally. And so when I graduated school, I went and worked for a salon 
And it was a huge salon, tons of stylists, and they all used all these products. And at the same time, I was like, I'm feeling like fatigued all the time. I'm getting like more migraines. I, you know, I was having like a lot of anxiety. My skin was really bad. Like I was having all these like weird side effects. And so right before we started building Willow and Wolf, I really started looking into kind of what the salon industry was doing to my health because I was like I don't know I just feel like I'm having all these like weird side effects and it started happening when I started working in a salon Mm -hmm. and once I did the research I was like oh wow this stuff is really bad and then I had a full um, blood panel done because I was having these abnormal menstrual cycles and so I had a full blood panel done And it turned out that I had like a diagnosed fertility issue. And the specific fertility issue generally is brought on from exposure to toxins because it actually attacks your cells. Wow. Yep. So, yeah. So I was like, okay, so I'm not imagining all these things that are happening to me and I have to do something now before it gets worse. And then I started thinking, if this is happening to me, what is it doing to my clients that I see, right? Like Mm -hmm. that I see, like I see some clients every three weeks for their color. And it's like, granted, I, I'm in it every day and yet they're still exposed to it. Yep. And, and I just didn't feel comfortable continuing to expose my clients to these toxins, knowing what I knew now about the products that I had been using previously. Yeah. Yeah, For so long, I think it was a blind ignorance and we just trusted. And Mm -hmm. one thing I was thinking about today that I wanted to bring up with you and kind of really go in because you're the expert, you're the hairstylist, you're one somebody trusts. I think that's come up a lot recently is who are the people you trust in your expertise. You go to a personal trainer because you trust them. They know about fitness. You go to nutritionists, you trust them. They know about food. And at the same time, slowly, I think as organic food became more popular, people started to expand that into home products, cleaning products, and then hair, beauty, makeup, all of that. So hair care, I think is a little low on the list of priorities along with like nail care, like nail polish, because you think, well, my hair is separate than my body. My hair, it doesn't, you know, I can, I mean, we've been bleaching our hair. Women used to iron their hair. Mm -hmm. I think there's a swing between what we call organic now was just the way it was done for a long time before all these chemical processes happened. My grandmother worked in a salon. She's now 96. So in her early twenties, and I don't know exactly age would have been in the forties ish. She'd worked in a salon and they used beer on people's hair. And they oh, use, yeah. you know, avocados the protein. Yeah. yeah. And all oh, these yeah. things that were like digestible things before it went really toxic. But then you also went through this phase where, you know, things got pretty crazy and we started using bleach and things like that. How do you feel the cycle of hair care has gone? And do you feel like we're kind of going back to some DIY roots that can be beneficial? So I feel like it has like in maybe like my parents like lifestyle or life lifeline or whatever um it is like ramped up super high with using like high toxins and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um 
just because I feel like in the 80s and 90s, even when like uh, TV dinners, yep. like everything was like, we need a fast. Yep. Like moms were starting to go back to work. Dads were working. It was like an economic boom. Everyone was like, we want it quicker, quicker, quicker. And, and bigger, make- bigger, bigger in the hair. And bigger, you, bigger. Remember yes. the hairspray craze oh my God. aerosols. Yes, yes, yes. And when aerosols got um, when people realized that aerosols are so bad and they kind of got like outlawed in the hair industry, there was like a hairspray shortage for a long time. Like it was a whole big thing that there was no hairspray in the industry for a while because they realized like how bad it was. But I feel like we did have like an uptick where we were like, ramp it up, get this stuff, like make it happen, make it do whatever it does faster, better, yeah. all that. Right. Yeah. And now I feel like we're understanding more the effects that the certain chemicals that we've been using and just a tangent really quick on chemicals. Like I don't necessarily think that chemicals are bad. I think that, I mean, water, if you break it down, can be broken down into a chemical formulation, right? Like everything is a chemical. It just depends on what that chemical is doing to our body and to our earth. So it's like actually understanding the individual ingredients rather than getting greenwashed by a product that's like chemical free or whatever and it's like that's not necessarily gonna be better for you or even do what it's claiming to do so I I'm very careful when I talk to my clients about things like that and just you know letting them know like these are the things that you should not be using or should not be in your products but like these things even though maybe like it sounds scary isn't as bad as it sounds it's not yeah exactly but I feel like going forward now, we're understanding the effects that these products have on us. And so, I mean, at least for me, like I'm searching out products that are going to be less toxic to my health and well-being as well as the environments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because going back to what you were saying, when people think that like hair is not part of their body, if we're selling someone shampoo and they're using that in the shower, first off, it's like a hot shower. Your pores are open. The shampoo, mm-hmm. the suds, they go into your scalp. They run down your body. That's all absorbed. And it's also going down the drain into our storm pipes, you know, like out into our oceans, like into our lakes, into our streams. And if we're putting all these chemicals into our water, like yep. that's poisoning our earth as well. And that's such an interesting point that even I haven't really thought about the, the whole idea that shampoo, like soaking your skin, like hadn't even crossed my mind. It's that being one of the issues you think about yeah. inhaling. And we'll talk a little bit about this, about the different chemicals. Um, but yeah, the fact that it's on your skin, it's on your scalp. Um, there's talks, I mean, people getting perms used to burn themselves chemical, like oh a chemical burn, yes, you know, yes. you think of this stuff and there's certain things that for a while we've known, okay, that's bad. The aerosol is bad. We should stay away from it. But the idea of the environment is also so important, like you said, because so much of what we do infects everyone around us. And here where I am in Texas, we have all these different little man-made lake ponds that are pretty to look at and full of ducks and birds and really like amazing like pelicans. And you think about like their water is now filled with whatever is going down our drain. And so that idea right now just kind of struck me is that they're drinking and 
bathing in whatever we put down our drain. So I think that is yeah. so important. And we think about the crazy colors that they add to it. Why do we care that it's green oh my goodness. You know? yeah. and yeah. different things? So can you tell us a little bit, what is on your like no fly list? What is on the list of things that you avoid and you, and you teach some of your clients to, to look for and try to avoid that people can kind of take notes and look the next time they're in the shower at their own bottles. So number one, fragrance. If your product anything like even even cleaning products like our cleaning products don't need to smell like artificial fragrances right like that we don't need that that lemon citrus smell (laughs) no (laughs) unless it's from like a natural essential oil which it will say on the bottle like Mm. straight up if it says fragrance that is like the number one thing that I tell my clients do not use anything that has fragrance in it whether that's a hair product a body product or uh, something that you're going to put in your home Fragrance in itself, it is kind of like a code name for just like a bunch of garbage, generally like phthalates, which are endocrine disruptors um, and carcinogens. And basically, fragrance is the trade secret of that product. And so legally, that company does not have to disclose the ingredients that went into creating that fragrance. So we just don't know. Like, even if you're reading the ingredients and you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then it has fragrance in it. There's really no way to have a full understanding of the safety of that product. If fragrance is in the ingredients. Yeah. And part of that is, I think a downfall of the FDA and other approval industries that give these loopholes where certain words can be used in on the labels and not explained. Totally. If, if instead of saying, fragrance, you can't say fragrance. You have to say, what are the ingredients of that fragrance? That would open up a lot more understanding, but there's a couple different words. I think that get to hide in their labels of both food and body products and different things like that. Natural flavor is another one. They can just say flavor, natural flavor, artificial flavor, and they don't have to oh, yeah. the difference. And yeah. then in food, I think that's a big one that I tell people to avoid because you just don't know what that is. Even if it says natural yeah. flavor, well, people's definition of natural is different and it's not a term that's like really well regulated. So that's a really good one. And that's one that's easy to notice. I think about the amount of like, especially in high school, when you think back to high school, the lotions, but also like the coconut, coconut was a huge smell. I think back, you know, in the early aughts for like hair, especially for hair care and the fakeness of that coconut, because if you've ever smelled a coconut, it doesn't smell like that. No, no. I I was obsessed with coconut smell. Like when I was in my mid twenties, I was obsessed and I straight up would go to Bath and Body Works in the mall here and buy like the coconut stuff. And I would like wash my body with it. And I'm like, no wonder I freaking have fertility issues and all these things. Like, yeah. It was been like killing my body this whole time. Totally. Like just it, disrupting all of the natural processes that our bodies go through. Yep. So what are some of the other ones? I know the things that you, you oftentimes on a bottle, we'll see like no X, Y, Z, because people are trying to promote their becoming less toxic. What are some of those items so, that you hear about and see about? And can you explain a little bit about why they're dangerous? So parabens are really bad as well. Um, Those have been linked to skin issues. Um, So if you have parabens in your hair care, again, like I just said, like you're washing it, it's going down your body, it's getting all over your body. Um, It's also been linked to, again, endocrine disruptors, reproductive issues, and neurotoxicity, which is like so crazy to me. (laughs) Well, just Um, a quick kind of 
put that into layman's terms best I can. Endocrine disruptors means hormone disrupting. Basically yes. they block receptors in our hormones. So your body thinks it's getting estrogen or testosterone or progesterone, but it's actually actually getting a chemical instead. And that throws off our body. And that's where you end up with hormone and fertility issues. And neurotoxins affect the brain, neuro. So they're basically tox- or toxic to the brain. Totally. Um, another one is dimethicone. This is something that they put in hair care a lot. And basically what it is, is it's supposed to give you that, like, I don't know if you've seen like any, like the Garnier Fructis commercials and the hair is like literal, like silk. Yep. yep. It's supposed to make the hair look like that. Um, but what that does is first off, it can damage our scalp tissue actually. So it can cause like severely damaging irritations to your scalp. If you don't have a healthy scalp, you're not going to have healthy hair. People can get like hair loss from it. Mm-hmm. But also what it does is it coats your hair so much that moisture is not able to get in and out. And so your hair gets really dry and then can be brittle and break. So you can like literally just start losing your hair. Which is so um, scary. And I think sometimes I, a little bit like the pharmaceutical industry, they then create another product to cover up the damage from the product you were already taking. So they might then give you a moisturizer spray to add to your dry hair that the dry hair was caused by your shampoo. Oh my God. No, it's so crazy. It's like, it's a pill for a pill. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awful. Um, Another one um, is PEGs and those are actually can be developmental toxins. So like it can actually affect the way your body develops. And um, I, I would assume also if you were pregnant, it could also possibly oh, interfere with development oh. of unborn children. And so things like that have to be careful. Totally. Um, and one of the things that I like try to tell my clients as well is I'm like, don't buy your kids that blueberry scented shampoo. Yeah. Like it's not good for them. Like just yeah. get them normal, like clean shampoo don't buy them blueberry tangle free princess shampoo it's like so bad it's so bad it's just unnecessary it's like they're going to be used to whatever they're used to and I kind of feel like no fragrance is better than any fragrance yes and so the two product lines that we carry that are super clean um and they're uh environment friendly they're human friendly they're animal friendly basically they're just like not gonna hurt us Mm -hmm. or the environment they smell really great and it's because the ingredients that's used to create the product in and of themselves have one they're they have an intention in the product right so they put this ingredient in there because it does something for that product And because of whatever that smell is from that ingredient, like whatever oil or flower extract or whatever it is, that natural smell is in there. Great. So it's like if you're using a product that's high quality that actually uses ingredients that aren't laboratory made, you're going to get like a good clean smell in the product Mm -hmm. itself, right? Like things that are like unscented, like that's a scent. Unscented is a scent. Yeah. Well, like you said, the unscented is because we were so over-programmed to have this strong, strong fragrance that then a natural smell feels unscented or is even 
for people who are avoiding fragrance, it'll say unscented for people who are looking for that on the label. So yes. kind of on that topic, it'd be great to know. So in those products, what are some of these more natural, low toxin ingredients that you do look for and what do those do for your hair? So um, I always look for a high quality protein. So like a quinoa type, something in there. Um, some of our products that are more reparative in one of the hair care lines have um, black quinoa and amaranth. So it's like they have these grains in them that have protein. So it's actually good. It's going to go in. Our hair is created um, from keratin protein and then water and then a couple trace minerals. And as time goes on and as we color our hair or we're in the sun or we are using heat or whatever, it breaks down that keratin, that protein, it strips it of water. So something that's like a good, like whole food based protein is going to be really good. I tend to tell my clients to shy away from any sort of like a lot of people are like, oh, I did a coconut oil mask. And as much as coconut oil is like really great for a lot of things, it's not super great for your skin and it's not super great for your hair because what happens is it builds up and therefore creates a barrier where moisture can neither go in or out. I tried it. I admit it. I, w I went out of coconut like oil, like thought it was best for everything. And I tried it on my hair once and it took weeks to get it out of my hair. It was and, awful. <laughs> and during those weeks, your our hair, like, I have a very, like, visual um, explanation right now. When your hair gets frizzy and you have, like, all these little hairs sticking out, it's because your hair is reaching for moisture in the environment. Like, it's like, I need moisture. I need moisture. So it literally reaches out to grab moisture. Our hair, our skin, we all need, we need all that water, right? All that moisture. If you put coconut oil over something, it completely seals it and does not let that moisture get out. So yeah, maybe your hair is like weighed down and smooth, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily healthy. And that's the same thing with that dimethicone or any of the um, silicones. That's what they do. They smooth it down, but there's no moisture able to get into the hair follicle. So it, in in turn makes it actually more brittle, more dry. That's so interesting. And so on that kind of sense of different hair types also need different products or ingredients and things like that. So can you go through a, some of your common hair types and what would be more beneficial to those types of hairs for more natural, low toxic you know, products? So for me, for example, I have super fine, fine baby hair and it has some curl, but not really. So I try to avoid heat and, and things like that. But what are some things that would be good for my hair versus like my niece has this really, really thick curly hair. Why is it important to think about your hair type when thinking about your products? So, I mean, our hair has, so we have the hair type, we have the hair density, we have the hair porosity. So your hair type is like straight, wavy, curly. Um, your hair density is like how much it is. So how much hair per square inch. And then the porosity is the health of your hair. So that is how much um, your cuticle, our hair is, if you think of like a shingled roof, that's what our hair cuticle looks like. 
And when it's damaged, it's like the shingles have popped up. And so yes, water and moisture and all those good things that we're putting in our hair can get in, but they tend to fall out pretty quickly. So if you have more damaged hair, you're going to want a product that has a higher or a bigger molecule. So that tends to be like oils. If you have more damaged hair, you want more of like a high quality oil. As far as someone with like finer hair, I would always recommend baseline starting with a really high quality non-toxic shampoo and conditioner based on your hair needs. So like, yes, your hair is fine, but like another fine person might be like fine with chemical damage or fine with environmental damage. So it's really up to you and whoever you're seeing for your hair at that time to have like a really thorough consultation based on, yes, your hair type, your hair um, density and porosity, but also like what you're doing with it at that time and what your desired results are. But I think everybody should have a really good shampoo and conditioner, just base to start out with, and then some sort of treatment outside of that that you're going to use to protect your hair from UVA, UVB, environmental stressors, something like that. And there's, you know, the product line that we have has um, this water, basically, it's called BioRich Water, and it's an environmental sealant. And so I use that as like a base on all my clients when I'm styling them because it just shuts it down and doesn't allow for any of like the environmental toxins to get in, but it also also washes out the next time you wash your hair. So it's not something like a coconut oil or anything like that where it's going to like smooth it down and not let anything in and out for weeks. It just stays in there between washes. Okay, great. And that's really interesting. I love what you just said about having a consultation. So often for me, I think of going to the salon to get my hair cut or some people might go to get it colored. It's one of those special monthly, bi-monthly rituals that we do. And we forget about so much of what we do for our hair is a daily basis. We talk mm-hmm. a lot about self-care and I really think that hair should be included in that self-care ritual. Are there some hair care rituals to do at home that you do, that you recommend to your clients that you find are really beneficial, not just for the physical health of your hair, but the health of your scalp, the health of your skin, your, the rest of the holistic thought process of you know, taking care of your hair? Yes, I am super into scalp treatments right now. Um, like I said earlier, your scalp health is directly related to how healthy your hair is. And so if you're taking care of your scalp, your hair is going to be healthy. It's going to grow longer, healthier. It's going to have less split ends. Um, You're going to have less hair shedding. So you're going to lose your hair less. Hair shedding is not something to be scared of unless it is like an abnormal amount because we lose, I think, like 80 to 100 strands of hair a day. We're just constantly in a cycle. So one of my favorite things recently is I do these scalp treatments and I got this really amazing scalp oil from a company down in LA. And it's just this one woman. She is a hairstylist as well. And she uses one of the same product lines that I use. So the scalp treatment that I use at home is very goes hand in hand with what I use at the salon. And it just gives me a moment, like I put the oil in and then I have this like little scalp brush and I kind of go through and massage my scalp. And it's honestly like, it kind of just centers 
me and my mood and kind of grounds me a little bit. And it's just really nice to take that time. I mean, it's the same thing, like sitting with like a face mask on or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you're doing something for yourself, like self-care. I heard this quote the other day, self-care builds self-worth. And so when you're doing something for yourself, you're building your self-worth and just taking care of yourself in a way that's going to be beneficial, not only for like your mood, but also it's going to help the health of your hair and your scalp and your well-being just in general in the long run. I love that. And for me, I love that you say that too, because for me, I've noticed I have like a dry, more flaky scalp and it changes too with climate and where I'm at in the different seasons and things like that. So seasonally, what are some hair care tips or tricks that people can think about? Like right now, I have more static in my hair that I don't even know what to do with. It's so dry right now. What are some of the winter tips and then what other seasonal things should people think about when they think about their hair care? So, I mean, year round, I would say scalp treatments and there's different types of scalp treatments as well. The one that I have at home is just an oil and I put it in at night and I massage it in. And then I generally do it the night before I wash my hair and I wash my hair only once to twice a week. So I only do it once or twice a week, but we have scalp treatments at the salon and it's actually like a biodynamic time or biodynamic sage, whatever it's two different ones. It's for dry or oily. And then you mix it with the cream and it's either an Amazonian clay cream or a purifying rice wax. So we kind of mix it up dependent on what the client is looking for. So scalp treatments for sure. And those can go year round because in the summertime, you know, we're in like for us here, we're in the salt water a lot more. We're in the sun a lot more. So that dries your hair out too. In the wintertime, it's just a different type of dry. It's just because there's less moisture in the air generally, right? We're just drier. So I think it just depends. I get, again, talking with a stylist, if you have one about your specific scalp, like issues that you're having at the time and what could be beneficial. Um, so scalp treatments and then deep conditioning treatments. Deep conditioning treatments, I think that everybody should be doing a deep condition. If you have hair that you want to take care of, I think that deep conditioning treatments are huge. And again, it's one of those things, self-care builds self-worth because you're actually setting an intention with yourself that you're going to spend a specific amount of time doing something that's only for you. Great. And can you explain a little bit what a deep conditioning treatment would be like? Like what is the ritual of doing that and how long does it average take and how often should you do them? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I say normally deep conditioning treatment should be done like once a month, at least, if not every other week and a deep conditioning treatment, I use a specific hair mask from one of the companies, from one of the brands that I carry at my salon. Um, and basically it just is like more, more moisture packed. So it's just going to be targeting your hair's moisture levels more than a traditional conditioner because you don't want to be putting something that's going to be super heavy and dense on your hair every day. You would get buildup. Your hair would be like flat and stringy. Like it's just, it's more of like a treatment type thing. And basically in the salon, if we were to do it, we would shampoo you, put the deep conditioner in and then sit you under the dryer and just let you sit, read a magazine, chill for a little bit. At home, what I do is I will get in the shower and shampoo put my conditioner in. And then sometimes I'll even like run a bath and like lay in the bath with like my deep conditioner. And I always say to leave your conditioner in at home for a minimum of five minutes, normal shampoo or normal conditioners, like a minimum of three minutes, but 
you want to just like let that super soak in and I will like pin it up with either like a claw clip or something like that while it's sitting and then you know do my other things shave your legs whatever something that's going to take a little bit of extra time so that you can actually let it sit okay great that sounds really wonderful so kind of moving on from there some kind of specific questions I think listeners and myself kind of are always interested about so for someone that wants to really take some of this to heart they want to start following some of your ideas and rituals and toxic free I you know ingredients and reading labels things like that when it comes to hair color how safe is hair color which ones are safer than others and what should people look for if they are currently doing hair color, that's a sign that it might be toxic or damaging to your hair or the rest of your body. So there are salons all over that offer low tox color services. Now, I have not found a color to be completely non-toxic that still covers grays. And the reason that is, is because the ingredients in the color that swells the cuticle to allow the color to dive in to the hair to change the actual like biology of the hair and change the color are generally more abrasive, right? Like people, if you think of something like henna, right? It's just like a, like a, like a, a metallic based color but that's not changing that's not changing the like chemical base of the hair and that's why it's only in like three to four colors and then you can do like black red and brown yeah and it's more of a it's on the outside of the hair it's not really changing the hair color as much as it's It's, coating the hair to to give you a different color look that lasts less not as long yeah so it's more of like what we would say in the salon is like a glaze or a toner So it's covering, it's coating the hair cuticle rather than diving in and actually changing the color. Um, I use a color line that doesn't have any ammonia. It doesn't have any, oh man, now I'm forgetting the things. There's like three main ingredients that it doesn't have that are the three main ingredients that actually um, will affect people's scalp and lungs the most and it doesn't have those so there are a couple color lines on the market though that also are pretty clean again they're none of them are going to be like non-toxic so if you go into salon and it's like we're a completely non-toxic salon I highly doubt that um generally it's like low tox which is better than non-toxic and if you think about it the way I think about it is like I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to make small changes that tip the balance to health and well-being because as our world and as our society stands right now, it's not created for a non-toxic, sustainable, eco-conscious way of living, unfortunately. No, I think that's great. It's it's all this, but if you think about say a client that's coming every three weeks, and if you're reducing their toxicity exposure by 50% each mm-hmm. time, that's huge. That's like that's a big huge. difference. And, totally. if, and if someone's really worried or maybe they have, you know, underlying conditions they need to be more careful of, 
there's, you know, you avoid doing hair color or you don't use hairspray and there's ways to go non-toxic and to the point where you just don't use a lot of product and you can find non-toxic shampoos and things like that. But totally, if you do color goes, yeah, but that's exactly part. But when you want to go, and a lot of times that also feeds into self-care. People want to, you know, feel good. They look good. They like doing their Mm -hmm. hair and that's part Mm -hmm. of a ritual or something that they feel is natural for them. And we totally get that. I'm kind of excited to see one of the benefits of COVID is a lot of people have gone back to natural hair colors or let their hair go gray. And that can be scary at first, but it's kind of opened up some people to accepting that because they had to, they didn't have a choice. Um, But at the same time, being able to go back and say like, okay, now that I've basically all this color is now gone from my hair. And it's maybe some, for some, it might be decades since their hair hasn't had any kind of color on it. If they want to go back and start fresh with a more non-toxic, you know, routine and products, now they can start with that and, and reach out to someone like you to get that information, to take time and research before you go to a salon. Really find out what products do they use? Why do they choose them? Are they sponsored by a certain brand? And now you're kind of locked in. I always was a totally. little wary about salons that so much of what there's, it felt like a sales trap of like, you go to get your hair cut and then they're like pushing all these products on you. And I was just never a big product person in general, um, but certain ones really did work well. So now to be able to know I do need certain things um, when I do want to do my hair, which I don't do often currently with not leaving the house much, but when I do go back into the world, are there, is there a way for people to reach out to you and do consultations and get this information? Oh, how do you reach people with your, with some of your knowledge and expertise? Because I think it's something people really would love to hear more of that we can't just like cover in, in our short podcast, but what are ways that you can connect with people and people could connect with you for that information? So um, via Instagram is great. And actually next week I will be switching my Instagram handle over because I'm starting a new company that's based on educating and supporting stylists in the industry to create a more holistic based business. I Um, love that. Yeah. So I'm going to be switching my current Instagram handle over next week. um, And I'll, and I'll tell you all about that. So you can like put it in the show notes or whatever. Of course. Um, And through that, I can do consultations with people. I also have the ability to sell the products that I sell through like an affiliate program and those products will get sent directly to your door. So yeah. So I had um, one of my girlfriends purchase some products recently. She purchased them online and they were at her doorstep in two days. Love so it. it's super quick. It's super fast. I'm great at consultating over DMs. I can always hop on like a little Zoom or whatever. Basically, my entire business has turned into educating people on non-toxic hair care this last year because of the shutdowns. And so I've really been transitioning my business over to sharing what I've learned because if I can also help like one less person from experiencing what I've been experiencing health-wise over the last like two years that would be worth all of this to me which is great and I love I love that I love hearing that you found this little like sunlight in in all that's going on right now in the world and in COVID and the scariness and the shutdowns and I follow you on Instagram and I love your tips and tricks, but also following like 
the heartwarming, like honesty of the struggle of a small business owner, especially for women-based business, which a lot of them are in the health, healthcare, self-care, beauty mm-hmm. industry. That's one place that women really strive um, to, to do their work and they thrive in that environment and making these mm-hmm. amazing, amazing companies. And to know that you've been able to find a niche that maybe wouldn't have come to you so quickly, it probably would have totally. happened at some point, but it kind of pushed you forward is such an empowering and encouraging story to hear. So I really want to follow you on that if I can and, yes. and see how it goes and hopefully things like this. And the one of the re- main reasons I do this podcast is because I believe so much in all these people that I've met in my life and all their stories and information that I've been able to get here and there and all these different expertise is so helpful. And I want more people to have exposure to that. I want more people to know, especially Santa Cruz in general has this really special place where people just come together in this really holistic way and beautiful way and honest way. And to take that little town, which is really a small town and be able to spread some of that knowledge out to other places so that everyone can really benefit from it is something that will be really great. So to know that you can reach people for their own personal needs. And on top of that, I think the idea of reaching out to other salon owners so that they can reach then their clients. And it's just like this multiple way of expanding this information. I think everyone needs, and so many people just aren't exposed to. And if they knew what was in their products, and you told them, you know, to sit down, Hey, this is what you're putting on your body and your hair and what you're breathing in. I think the, 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 the inhalants of it all, when you talk oh about fragrances yes. is one of the most dangerous parts, they would be shocked. And so much of it is just hidden from them in plain sight. And it's just, the, yeah, it's just hidden. It's not something that we talk about. Um, I think that we're coming to a precipice of like a clean beauty like revolution. Yeah. Um, I just watched Toxic Beauty. It's a documentary on Netflix just Another like a week ago. List. Yeah, it's a yeah. good one. Um, I watched that and I was like, whoa. But then it's crazy because I was watching TV and a commercial came on and it was for one of the big name brands and they had like a clean and pure line because they understand that people are more aware now of yes. what is going, what we understand that what goes in our body or on our body is just as important as what goes in our body. And so we're not going to put all this garbage. Mm-hmm. Well, and- I, love, I love that it's a market driven choice that I'm, it's yes. sad that it has to be that way. You would think people who are selling us a product should want to sell us the healthiest, best for our bodies. But unfortunately oh God, that doesn't yes. make money. No. No. Most of the, yeah. I think, I think most of the decisions made in the toxic world is, is price. They're trying to make it cheaper. And it's cheaper oh, to sure. make a, a chemical and a man-made lab-made product than going out to the ocean and getting algae <laughs> or yeah, finding or like almond like oil. Bio-dyna- yeah. Or like having a biodynamic form farm that you are like cultivating your ingredients from and you understand and are aware and know like what's going into the soil and all this and like have a special packaging plant and all that. Like there's just so much more that goes into clean products than just like the ingredients. Yep. And going back to like the whole marketing thing, I think that also something that me and my industry being like the beauty professionals need to be more vocal on is really shedding light on greenwashing and what truly is and is not going to be like detrimental 
yep. to our health, right? Because like you can say like not no chemicals, whatever. And like I said earlier, like that's not necessarily meaning that it's gonna be good or bad for you. Mm-hmm. Like you have to look at the specific ingredients. Yep. Um and, and in so order I've to do ch- that, you have to be knowledgeable of what you're looking for. I mean, you exactly. turn around, I mean, even just a package of food, you turn it around and you're reading the ingredients. And I used to do classes on how to read labels because yeah. it's it's over your head, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. And you turn over a shampoo bottle and then it's so much scientific words oh my and goodness. things that yes. you're like, what? Um, yes. So what are, as we're wrapping up, I would love to talk to you forever, but to kind of get to a place where people can start this journey on their own. Cause it's one thing that you got where you are because you had a personal experience that took you down this road to say, why am I having these issues? These issues are related to things I'm putting on my body, my hair. And where are some of the places you go to get this information? And do you feel are reliable resources that you can go to if you have a question about products or ingredients? Because you go to the internet and you can have two websites that tell you two different things. Oh my God. And then you lose yourself. So where do you go and what do you think are the reputable sources to go to when you want to learn more about clean beauty products? So I use EWG a lot for individual ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that for products, it's not as helpful only because a lot of the products that I use are more like indie brands and it just, they don't necessarily will pop up. So it's almost like I have to go through and, and look at um, ingredients. EWG has been like really helpful for me mm-hmm. also in my house care type stuff. So like all my cleaning products, dish soap, whatever. EWG has been like my like go-to, but also like just reaching out. Like if they're, we have a business here, it's called Ethos um, and they are like a non-toxic refillery, low waste type shop. And whenever I have a question regarding anything that has to do with like house anything I reach out to them because I know that they're the experts on it I know that I can be like hey I need this type of cleaner I haven't found one what do you recommend they'll have an answer for me because they've done the research on it and I don't have to do the research so I can ask them because I trust them yeah so I think that if anybody was interested in cleaning up their life in any way I would say number one start I swear, start in your bathroom because that is going to be like, you're going to be blown away and reach out to people that are around you that you trust that might have the answer. So like, if you want to switch your hair care, like reach out to a low tox salon in your area. If you want to change what you're using, um, on your face, reach out to a clean esthetician in your area, reach out to someone that's in that industry. That's a professional that understands and knows that can help guide you on your journey because as I found out in the last two years doing this like it's wild it can get wild and you can get in a rabbit hole and you can start buying all kinds of stuff and it's just better to kind of know the basics from people who know what you're looking for right and they also can meet you where you are so it's not an all or nothing necessarily for everyone. So finding 
the intermediate, like you said, I really still want to color my hair, but I don't want to deal with as much toxin. What's the best, you know, choice, things like that. So I think that's great. Totally. Well, wonderful. Well, one thing I'm going to do is make sure people come to visit you on your Instagram, your blog and different ways. So we'll make sure that's Thank in the you. show notes. And yes. I would love to, once you're all set up, you know, in your next venture in your journey yes. Other work, maybe we can set up another time to talk more and we can dive deeper into other topics and topics that come up as the industry continues to grow. Totally. I would love it. Perfect. Well, Bronwyn Parsons, thank you so much for joining. It was a great time speaking with you. And I'll be following up for some personal consultations very soon because I'm really interested in trying some of the products that you're um, offering at your salon. Awesome. Thanks, Ashley. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining the Soul Garden Health Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Soul Garden Health Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hartz. Our theme music was composed by Henry Young. Please subscribe, leave a review, share this podcast with friends, and we hope you can join us next time.